Hello, hello, and welcome to episode three of Podcasting for Educators. Today is a special episode because I have on my very first guest, Sarah Marie. Sarah is a TPT seller and the CEO of the Stellar Teacher Company. Sarah has over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. She's a literacy specialist passionate about helping elementary teachers around the world grow their students into lifelong readers. She's also the host of the Stellar Teacher Podcast, where she loves to share her favorite literacy tips every week. Sarah is also a client of mine and just the most amazing person to be around. We have an awesome conversation about how she intentionally uses her podcast episodes to help plan other pieces of her business, fears she had about getting started, and how her podcast has helped her impact so many teachers around the world. If you are considering starting your own podcast or you already have an existing show, you're going to love this episode because Sarah gives so many great tips and takeaways. Let's get started. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators, the podcast that helps TPT authors and other online educators launch and grow their show. I'm Sarah, and I'm on a mission to help you get your podcast out and into the ears of those who need it most, busy teachers, counselors, literacy specialists, SLPs, parents, and everyone in between. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and podcast industry updates so that you can be on top of your podcasting game and gain some new customers along the way. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is like so much fun that I get to have a podcast interview with my podcast manager. I know. It's so exciting. It's it's fun for me too to be on the other side of things. So I figured we could start by um, you just sharing a little bit about your background in education and how you made the transition from being in the classroom, being, I know you were a vice principal, so making that transition from from being at the school to starting your TPT business. Yeah. So I, in case your audience doesn't know, I'm Sarah Marie, and I am the creator behind the Stellar Teacher Company, and I have the podcast, the Stellar Teacher Podcast. And I have been doing this full-time for about three years now. And prior to that, I was a fourth grade teacher. I was an instructional coach. I was an assistant principal. And I kind of mentioned this in my very first podcast, but I have always been really motivated by this idea of like making an impact in education. And that's what got me out of the classroom in the first place is I realized that I could have an impact not only on the 25 students in my classroom, but I could have an impact on the entire campus. And so I moved into the assistant principal role. And then, you know, as my career kind of developed, I was at sort of a crossroad between either becoming a principal or doing something completely different. And I have always loved creating resources. I've always loved the curriculum side of things. I've always loved supporting teachers. And I was doing less of that as an assistant principal than I sort of had hoped. And so rather than continuing down that path, I had made the decision to pursue, I guess, having my own business and focusing on the curriculum and the professional development side of things. And I had started doing Teachers Pay Teachers 
I don't know. It seems like forever ago, but I guess just like five years ago. So when I was still working in a school, it was, I think my last year of working in fourth grade is when I started. And um, that slowly just like grew over time. So kind of when I was at this point in my career, I was like, okay, I'm going to make this my full-time job because it gives me the opportunity to have the biggest impact, you know, because now not only am I impacting a school or a campus, but I connect with teachers all over the world. And I have my reading membership site that has, you know, teachers literally from all over the world. And it's just so fun for me. And yeah, I'm kind of, I've just always sort of chased this idea of where can I have the biggest impact in education? So that's kind of how I got to where I'm at. Awesome. So you started, you started your TPT store just five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2016 or 2015, I guess maybe six years ago, 2015, the summer of 2015 is when I started. Wow. So you've made a ton of growth in just a few years, which is pretty amazing. (laughs) It's a a little wild to think. I I remember when I first started, I was like, oh, if I can make enough money to like pay for Starbucks every month, like if I can make enough money to, you know, pay my cable bill. And so the fact that I'm doing this full time and, you know, it's not necessarily, like I said, like the, the fact that I'm able to do this full time and support myself and, you know, my career and my team, it's great, but it's really about like the fact that it's like, okay, I get to help all of these teachers. It's just, it's really, really neat. Yes, I totally agree. And that word impact comes up a lot in the TPT space. And that's really part of the reason that I'm starting this podcast and why, I love podcasts so much is because it really does totally extend your reach to people all over the world. Every single week you can be in their ear. So I love it. Now, by the time that you and I cross paths, you had said that you were considering starting a podcast for a while. Now it was one of your goals for, let's see, 2020. At that time, it was one of your goals. So what, what was intriguing to you about starting a podcast? Why, why was that something that you wanted to, to do? I, you know, I don't know. It's like one of those things where I, I, I love listening to podcasts. So I am a, like just an avid podcast listener. I go for a walk almost every single day. And so I love listening to podcasts when I'm walking, when I was commuting to school, I would listen to podcasts. I, I I like them so much more. I think than blog posts, because I feel so much more connected to the person speaking and delivering the content. So I've always liked them. I think it was just one of those things where I sort of realized, I was like, wait a minute, all these people that have podcasts, like they're just normal people. It's not like there's, it's not like they have like a degree in podcasting or anything. It was just, they wanted to start a podcast and they did. And so I've always, one of those things that kind of, once I realized that any regular person can start a podcast. And then of course, when I started my business and I had a blog, um, I don't particularly like writing. And so I have a blog and I publish blog posts, but it's not like a passion of mine, but I love teaching. I love, I love talking. I always love doing, you know, professional development when I was in schools. And so I was like, okay, if I started a podcast, it'd be like little mini professional development sessions every week, which would just be so much fun for me. And then just this idea of being able to connect with the teachers and my audience on a much more personal level. And so it is something that I have been well, now I have one and I I'm, I feel so accomplished that I've actually started and stuck with this mostly thanks to you. But I want to say it was like in August of 2018 is when I first mentioned this idea to my husband of, I want to start a podcast. And my husband is the best supporter and the best cheerleader. And anytime I have an idea, he's like, yes, you should do this and you'd be great at it. So as soon as I mentioned to him, I want to start a podcast. He bought me a podcast microphone and he like downloaded software on my computer. And he was like, you are all ready to go start recording your podcasts, whatever you want. And then it was two years later before I did anything with it. So I definitely had been sitting on this idea of wanting to start a podcast for a long time before I took any action in making it happen. 
Oh my gosh. I feel like husbands don't get enough credit sometimes. Mine certainly does not. He needs way more credit than he gets. Yes. Oh my gosh. I hear you. My husband's the same way. Like exactly what you said. I'm so lucky. He supports me in everything I do. And they're, they're definitely behind the scenes, but without them, a lot of things in uh, online business would not be possible for sure. So, okay. I have to ask, do you remember what your favorite or what your first podcast was that you ever listened to? Oh my goodness. Like, do you have one that like really? I don't know what my first one was. I think it was probably, I listened to a bunch of like health ones and fitness ones. Those kind of like come and go. Actually, no, I take that back. I do know the first podcast I listened to. It was the Serial Podcast. Okay. Um, I, I was wondering if you're going to say that. I feel uh-huh, like and that was I kind of too. forget about that one because it was just <laughs> like a, like a, it was more like entertaining. And most of the podcasts I listened to are like self-help or like business related. But yeah, when that came out and I mean, I remember I was so just like enthralled with that story and like listening to it. And I remember I sat on my patio one day for like, probably like four hours, just like drinking coffee, listening to this podcast. I was like, this is amazing. So yeah, Serial was my very first podcast. It was mine as well. We were driving back from Nashville, Tennessee, and we listened, we just binged to and from there. And I was hooked ever since, ever since listening to Serial. And I think, I think a lot of people have that story too. (laughs) But speaking to your point that you don't have to be a radio host or have audio background or speaking background, or even a bunch of fancy equipment to start a podcast, which is definitely a myth, I think in the podcasting world. And a reason that a lot of people don't start right away is because they think that you have to have all this experience, but literally anybody can start a podcast. I mean, I still record my podcast in my closet uh, yes. with a bunch of pillows for the sound. And I used the microphone that my husband bought me. It wasn't, it was a blue Yeti. I mean, I think it was like, I don't know how much it was, not that expensive. And I have a free software on my computer. So yeah, it was, but I, I think kind of, you know, to your point before I got started and before you and I connected, you know, I knew I wanted to start a podcast and I knew there was steps that I needed to take. And I, I didn't do enough of the research to like clarify what I had to do. And so in my head, I had made it this much more complicated process than it actually was. Yes. And I think that's why I never actually took action. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to start a podcast. <laughs> like, I don't know how to do all of these things. Like there's no way I can make this happen. So rather than actually like figuring out what are all of the steps that I need to take, I was just like, I can't do it. And so I waited for a long time and then you came into my life and all the magic happened. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So Sarah had posted a job opportunity on, it's called Michaela Quinn. She has a program that helps, uh, that helps women, a lot of former teachers actually start their own online businesses. And she has a higher board and Sarah had posted looking for a different position, but she had mentioned her podcast in the job posting. And I sent her an email and said, you need a separate person for your podcast. And that person is me. And we got on a call and the rest is history. I'm so glad that we connected. Oh my gosh, me too. It's seriously, it's been like one of the best decisions I have ever made for my business. And you, it's like, I, I'm always telling my husband, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I found Sarah or more so that Sarah found me because <laughs> with, seriously, without you, like my podcast would not happen every week. And I absolutely love it. It has quickly become, you know, one of my favorite parts of my business. But if it was just me, there is no way that it would happen every week. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. And, and I love hearing you say that it's one of your most favorite parts of your business, because that's what I want for people is for this to be a fun experience, not stressful. Um, and we'll get into how you manage all of that in just a second. When people first decide that they want to start a podcast, they Google, they go to Google or YouTube, and then it's like that wave of overwhelm. And 
Whereas when you work with a podcast manager, they list everything out for you. So you know exactly what you need to do and what you don't need to do. Because when you start that Google search, there's there's so many options where like who to host with and what equipment to use and all of that. So definitely having somebody to make those decisions for you or help you make those decisions makes it a little less overwhelming and scary. Oh, absolutely. It does. I mean, I remember when, again, when it's like I had, cause I thought about this and there were various points in the two years from when I first said the idea to when it happened that I was like, okay, this year I'm going to make it happen. And I'd go to Google and of course I'd be like, you need to buy this course. And I'm like, I don't have time to take a course on podcasting. I've got other things I'm doing. So yeah, having somebody help with like the launch process and getting it started was just a game changer. Yes, totally. And I was just telling Sarah before we jumped on that this episode will be is part of my launch episodes, but I was I was letting her know I'm I'm already 100% positive that I will be hiring my own podcast manager because I will need that accountability to keep keep things going week to week. <laughs> Everybody needs help. Oh, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about how you use your podcast to help with the planning of content in your business week to week, because you do an awesome job. You podcast the smart way, which is you batch your episodes and then you use your podcast episodes. You repurpose your podcast episodes into different parts of your business, which is absolutely the way to do it. Because think about your podcast episodes as this piece of macro content that you can then break into smaller chunks. So first talk to us about how you record your episodes and and what your process is there. Yeah. So, and we're, I mean, I appreciate the compliment. I'm definitely learning how to like use my podcast. And it's interesting, just like thinking about when I first started, I was like, I need a podcast episode. What can I talk about? And then I would record this episode, you know, or I'd record a few episodes ahead. And now it has definitely turned into almost like the skeleton or like the backbone of my business that we plan sort of like everything else around. And so I try to batch um, my podcasts. I have learned that I, I enjoy recording so much more when I am like, great, I have my podcast recorded for the entire month. Like, let me think about what I want to talk about, you know, in October, November, or, you know, far enough ahead. And this really started this sort of like using my podcast as like the backbone for my business kind of started this summer when I was getting ready to prepare for my membership launch. And I was thinking about, you know, the five weeks leading up to when the doors to my membership are open, like what are all of the, the pieces of information that my audience might need to like hear, or they might have questions about, or what things are they going to be researching over the summer? And so I thought about, you know, what is coming up in my business. And then with the time of year, like what are teachers, they're planning their literacy block. They're thinking about scheduling. They're thinking about all of the elements of reading workshop, you know? And so I kind of planned my content from that, but then it's, you know, kind of going a little bit further. So I typically try to think about my, my planning in almost like a month. I typically look at a month at a time. And so I think about the time of the year, I try to look to see if there's any, whether it's like holidays or sales or promotionals and just thinking about, okay, what are teachers going to be needing to like hear about? And I like doing almost like little, I don't know whether it's like mini series or like episodes that are connected together. It gives then teachers a sort of like, oh, I want to tune in next week to hear about the same thing. You know, I just finished recording like a mini series on mini lessons, but you know, over the summer, everything that I talked about had to do with like how to schedule out your um, your reading block, you know, towards the end of the year, it was how to keep students engaged at the the end of the year. So I try to keep all of my episodes sort of connected. So I just kind of start with like, what are my my topics? Like, what are the four topics that I want to cover in the month, and try to have them connect to each other in some capacity. 
And then I'll go through and like outline them obviously before I start recording them. And then once I've, you know, once I have my podcast outlined and recorded, then this is where we say, okay, this week we're, you know, doing an episode on mini lessons. So we want to share about it, you know, twice on Instagram and we want to share blog posts that are also connected to mini lessons. We want to share the freebies that we have that are connected to mini lessons. We want to, you know, re repurpose a Facebook live that I did about the same topic that might sort of include some similar information, but provide some new little nuggets. We want to, if I have any resources that teachers can use to teach mini lessons, we want to promote those. So it kind of becomes almost like the, the guide for everything we share on social media and what I share with my email list, because, you know, it's like, if I'm talking about podcasts on the mini lessons, I want to direct my audience to listen to the podcast. And then once teachers have listened to the podcast, I want to give them whether it's a freebie to download, a blog post to read, or something else they can now do with that new knowledge that I've shared with them in the podcast. Awesome. Uh, so, so smart. So you take, you've got your episodes and then you've got social media posts on your Instagram stories, your email list, and then you're also sharing those other resources that you already have. Do you use Pinterest as well, right? We do. You, I mean, I use Pinterest. Pinterest has been a hot mess this year. So yeah. we use it and we... I definitely share. It's like you give me an audiogram. So it shares like a little snippet. I know Pinterest tends to favor videos. And so we'll just turn that audiogram into like a video and upload it to Pinterest and link it to the like my website as well. So I try to share it on all platforms. I feel like it tends to work better on Instagram and Facebook, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, if we have, if we have the content, if it exists, let's put it on as many platforms as we possibly can. Yes. Yes. And Sarah has her show notes we put those on her website. So then we can link to other internal links on her site, like related blog posts, related episodes. And then of course her resources from her TPT store. So tell me, I know, at least I think you get, you get good feedback from your listeners, right? Do they, how do they usually reach out to you if they want to contact you about the podcast? I do. And it absolutely, this is, I think, one of my favorite parts about having the podcast is the connection that I have with my listeners most of the time. And I think it's because in my in my podcast, I mentioned, like, if you want to reach out to me, connect with me on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. I think I say that at the end of pretty much every episode. And so, you know, every week I'll get a, a direct message from somebody that was like, I just listened to your podcast and, you know, I loved it. Or I just discovered your podcast this summer and it was so helpful. Or I've never done a mini lesson before and I just listened to your episode, you know, whatever it is, you know, they reach out to me and just saying that they've, they've enjoyed the episode, like they appreciate it. And then what I love even more is when teachers tell me that they've listened to it is when teachers request episodes. And I, I try to sort of like, you know, let my audience know that, you can reach out to me at any point in time and let me know like what episodes that I want to record. And for a while in the spring, as you know, when I was kind of getting started with this, like most of the episodes that I recorded came as a result of a listener request. You know, someone said, can you do an episode on book talks? Can you do an episode on book clubs? Can you do an episode on test prep or whatever it is? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Because, you know, this, and thank you. Thank you yeah, for giving me, right, you just made my job a whole lot easier because <laughs> yes. now I don't need to think of a topic. You know, and that's like the whole, that's the whole reason why I do the podcast is because I want it to be helpful for teachers. And so when I hear back from them, that is just, it's so much more motivating for me to want to record. And then if anything, it makes recording so much easier because now rather than talking to my closet or to myself, you know, or to my dogs who inevitably interrupt every single podcast episode in some capacity, I have this teacher in mind and it's like, okay, I'm recording this episode for this specific teacher. And it makes it so much easier, I think, to 
like have it feel conversational and not feel like I'm reading a script or an outline and just, it seems so much more purposeful. So I love when my audience reaches out to me. And so I definitely try to encourage them in my podcast episodes to connect with me in some capacity. And I love it. It's great. Yes. I think that that's like the ultimate compliment as a podcast host is to be able to have people directly reach out to you specifically saying which episodes they loved, what they took away from it, how it's helping them. I think another hesitation that some people have is that they're afraid that they're not going to be able to have topics every single week, but especially TPT sellers, I always say like every single one of your resources can be an entire podcast episode, if not multiple podcast episodes. And if you're ever stuck, you can always ask your audience via email. Like if you have a weekly newsletter, you can ask them what what they want to hear. You could do a poll on your Instagram stories, but asking for that direct feedback and specific topics is so, so helpful for you, for your idea generation. And also just so you know that you're speaking on something that you know that your audience wants. So, yeah. Well, and I mean, I think I... I had that same sort of fear, you know, and that was one of the things where I was like, I don't want to start something if I can't release an episode every week. And I love talking, but how am I going to find something related to reading (laughs) that I can talk about every single week? And it is really amazing how the more episodes I record, the more ideas I get. And I mean, I have podcast ideas for days. And I think the other thing is I've realized is that at first I was thinking these episodes had to be long and they had to have all of this like new information and they had to be really like revolutionary. And the episodes that I feel like the teachers connect with the most are the ones that are really short. I try to keep mine less than 20 minutes and they have maybe three key points. And it doesn't have to be anything where it's like, I'm trying to teach them this brand new strategy or something that's like super complex, like save that for you know a course or a Facebook live or something, but it's just three quick things that they can do to teach inferencing, you know, or it's like, here's the framework that I use for my small group lessons, whatever it is. And it's short and it's, you know, here's my key point. Here's why it works. Here's a little anecdotal story. Let's move on to the next one. And so when you, when you think about that, these episodes are really meant to be like short, you know, and concise, then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I don't actually have enough time to even share everything that I want to share on this topic. So let me roll it into another episode, you know? So once you get started, you realize that there is really an unlimited number of things that you can talk about. Yes, there really are. And it's amazing if you sit down on like a Google doc and you start outlining your ideas, you might think that it's going to be a short episode and then you start talking and it's (laughs) 45 minutes later. I'm always like, okay, I got to keep this one shorter. It's like, well, I, you know, make this four points instead of five because I've just... I always have more things I want to say. And then once you start talking, it's like, okay, wait a minute. I thought this was going to be, you know, a 15 minute episode and it turned into a 22 minute episode very quickly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's important to consider who your audience is. Like you're speaking to teachers who are so, so, so busy. And I'm sure that a lot of them, when they listen to your episodes, they're on their commute to and from school. So I think that 20 minute mark is like the sweet spot for teachers and other educators just because of time. So it's definitely, definitely consider your audience when you're thinking about things like episode length, obviously topics. And I also want to jump back to, you mentioned when you did episodes during the summer and you were really, really intentional about the summer episodes, because again, your audience is teachers and summer is their time off. And we saw 
for you and other TPT clients of mine, numbers just spike during the summer because teachers have a little bit more time on their hands. <laughs> well, and I remember I asked you, I was like, okay, Sarah, like how can I sort of like leverage this summer to grow my podcast audience? Because, you know, I just started this thing in January, so it still is relatively new, but I want it to be, I want it to be a, you know, a, a really impactful part of my business. And you'd suggested doing double episodes during the summer because teachers have more time to listen. And so I did five weeks of double episodes and that was a little intimidating to batch out 10 episodes, basically, you know, ahead of time. Cause I was like, well, two episodes a week sounds great, but I'm only going to commit to this if I can record them ahead of time. And I did, but it ended up being so much fun. And I almost loved having the double episodes a week because it was two more like touch points that I could connect with my audience. And so it just made it, I don't know, like I, I felt like I was so connected with the teachers during the summer. And I know it's like, you know, like you were saying, teachers consume a lot during the summer, but it was, it was fun for me to be able to do those double episodes too. Yeah, it was so fun. It was a huge success. And I loved from my perspective, you also started your Facebook group as that summer series was going on. And I loved seeing teachers coming into the Facebook group, mentioning episodes that they had been listening to. So getting that feedback was so fun. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a smart move. And then we t- we also discussed how the other time of the year that might be similar would be that winter break time. So think about that. If you are a TPT seller who's thinking about how you can plan uh, maybe something special or different with your podcast, think about what you could do during the summer and then over winter break when, when teachers have a little bit more time and are able to give you a little bit more of their attention. Yeah. I'm already starting to think, what are we going to do during that week? You know, some sort of like extra, either extra episode or a little mini series. So yeah, definitely starting to think, how can we use that time? Yes. So we'll have to brainstorm. Now you mentioned that that was one of your fears was coming up with enough episode topics every single week. So were there any other fears that you had starting out with your podcast? I mean, I think I worried that I wouldn't have a good podcast voice. Yeah. <laughs> I, podcast voice. I, you know, I was just like, oh that. my gosh, are people even going to want to like listen to me? So that was a fear that I had. I think I had a big fear of what if I record this podcast and nobody nobody listens to it. Mm. You know, I think that's like with anything you do in business. What if I start this and then it like flops or fails? So yeah, I think the the content, not having a good podcast voice, and then worrying about the fact that like, what if I start this and like I can't get anybody to listen to it? And all three of those, I feel like I've realized were silly fears to hold me back from starting something. Yes, maybe silly, but definitely common. I think that those are all common. I don't think anybody, I don't know anybody who loves hearing themselves talk, hearing I don't love it, but I've also gotten in the habit of starting to listen to myself, listen to my podcast every week because I, I realized that, and it's not so much like the sound of my voice, but I realized whether it is like the energy that I bring, like in my head, I am like the most energetic like person, <laughs> but there was a couple episodes. I was like, I sound flat. Like I just sound like I'm not engaging. And it, so listening to that, I was like, okay, I need to change sort of just like the way that I phrase things or the energy or the enthusiasm that I'm bringing to it, you know, or even the pacing of it. It's like, oh, I'm a natural, I'm a fast talker in general. And I have to remind myself that it's like, okay, I need to slow down a little bit. So even just like being aware of the pacing or how long something is or how many, you know, examples I share. So I, I have found it to be really helpful to actually go back and listen to my podcast episodes because it really gives me an idea of like what my, my audience is hearing and how I can just even improve the, the delivery of it. 
Yes. I think that's so smart to listen. I've had clients who want to launch a podcast, but they don't even listen to podcasts. And I always tell people you you should listen because you can get a feel for what you want your podcast to be like, but it's, it, it is good to, to listen to yourself and maybe hear some things that that you want to improve or like you said, the energy that is so true. You feel like you're super amped up and, and energetic. Is there anything that you do to like amp yourself up before sitting down to record? Or do you ever sit down and you're like, no, I can't do this right now. <laughs> yeah. There's, it's probably more often than not, I will, you know, get in my closet, close the door and be like, this is not happening, you know? And so, you know, I've, I've sort of realized like kind of like little nuances about recording podcasts. I tend to have more energy in the morning and maybe it's the caffeine or maybe it's the fact that I haven't done any work. And I've also sort of like realized that like three podcasts in a day is my max. And so I try to batch all of my episodes for the month ahead of time, but I can't do more than three in a day. So I either do two and two or three and then one. And then I think other things that I just like remind myself is like to smile while I'm like, while I'm speaking, which maybe sounds silly, but it's like, when you smile, you just have like more energy, you know? And so I just, I remind myself that it's like, okay, I, if I'm really excited and passionate about what it is that I'm talking about, I want that to come across in my content. And when I go back and listen to some episodes, I was like, oh yeah, you can, you can tell that I'm like really <laughs> pumped up about this topic. You know, and then there's other ones where I was like, eh, I probably could have worked on that a little bit, but, you know, just reminding myself that it's like, okay, smiling is going to just make me sound, you know, cheerier, or I try to like have like the upspeak. So it's like, you know, just making sure that it's like, I am ending on a you know positive note, just all of those things that, and, and I wouldn't have realized that I think if I didn't go back to listen to it. So just, you know, reminding myself that this is still, I'm still in the first year of my podcast. So I'm still learning. I definitely have like a lot of room to, to grow and improve, but like I said, I want my podcast to have like to be a really impactful and big part of my business. And so knowing that I have to pay attention to it. I have to revise it. I have to try new things. I have to, you know, not be willing to, I don't know. I can't be afraid of the sound of my own voice and like not ever go back and listen to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be reflective and intentional about just with the planning and the, and the execution. So that way I can get it to the point to where it is, you know, the big main part of my business. Yes. Oh my gosh. You just said so many amazing things. And I think it's so important if you're going to start a podcast or if you already have a podcast and you have a business to really think of this as a, as an important piece of your business and treat it like that too. plan for it. Like you would plan for your social media content or any other blog post or anything else that you do in your business so that you can really get the most out of it. And you are rocking it. <laughs> well, I, I think you had an awesome first year. Well, it's because I have an awesome podcast manager. <laughs> I love it. You're like my ultimate, ultimate hype girl. Sarah has introduced me to Sarah was the first TPT author that I worked with and she has introduced me to so many others. So I'm so grateful, grateful to be working with you and having you as a friend. I feel like we're, I feel like we're friends now and I need to get down to Florida and visit you one weekend. Yes, <laughs> you do. I know. I agree though. I, I feel like, you know, because we chat all the time on Boxer yes. and you're so good about helping me with questions. And I feel like, you know, you edit my podcast and upload them and all of that, but you know, when it comes to like marketing or strategy, you know, or even just like general business things, I'm like, oh, Sarah would know about this. So I just appreciate how you, you know, I feel like you've jumped in and are just as invested in, in my business as, as I am to some degree. And I just appreciate that, but let me just give a little plug. You did not ask me to do this, but let me just say <laughs> you seriously are like an amazing podcast editor. So anybody who is listening to this, that is on the fence about starting a podcast, you know, if they can handle it, 
do it first of all, but then follow up and get Sarah to be your podcast manager because she really does make it so simple and so easy. And so whatever your fears are, I promise that she will be able to relieve those. So yeah, oh my you've, been great. you've been great to work with. Thank you so much. I, I know you, you all can't see me right now, but my smile is just about as big as it could possibly get. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, okay. I know we're running up to our time here, but I guess the last thing I would love to ask you is, is there anything that we haven't touched on that any piece of advice that you would give to someone who is thinking about starting a podcast that might be a little bit hesitant? I mean, I think just so often, and this is with anything in business. And and one of the things I'm starting to become aware of is the fact that, you know, I am, I was a teacher. I was just a teacher. And I had this idea to start a business and help teachers through my blog, my podcast, my membership, my TPT store, all of that. But there are so many teachers out there who are just as knowledgeable, just as talented as I am. And I just feel like the world of education needs more people to support and cheerlead and encourage like teachers. And so my encouragement is for anybody who's listening and is maybe on the fence, like rather than considering why are all of the reasons why this could not work? Like, what am I scared of? Like what could go wrong? Like spend some time thinking about what are all of the things that could go right? If I start a podcast, like what are all of the things, the positive things that could come as a result of it? Think about like the possibility that you could have the teachers, the students that you could impact, or even if it's not an education, just you know, I feel like the world needs, they need connection. They need that human interaction. They need other people to validate and support and encourage. And podcasting is such a great platform to do that. So if you are on the fence about it, stop thinking about what you're worried about, what you're nervous about, and just spend some time thinking about, okay, how could this become like a really powerful and just, I don't know, a platform that I could use to support and encourage just other people who are on their journey. So that's my, I guess the one last little thing that I'd want to leave people with. So, so perfectly said. And that, that is like my whole mission for my business is educating and getting people to understand how needed podcasts are in this space. Like podcasting has really blown up, but it is still such a small number compared to like the number of blogs out there. But, but then when you really narrow in on the teacher space, the educator space, there are not nearly enough shows out there that are supporting teachers, guidance counselors, all these educators that really need it. And I say this, Sarah's probably heard me say this a million times, but every time I listen to your episodes, I just tell myself like, I wish I had this when I was in the classroom because you, you know, you go through college and then you start teaching and you're like, nobody told me how to do this happening. (laughs) Yeah. Like what in the world? I don't know what I'm doing. And, and it's overwhelming. And when you can have someone come in, who's been in your shoes before, who's taught the things that you're teaching and is able to make that a little bit easier for you, it's a really, really powerful thing. So I am hundred percent on board with you. I think that there needs to be way more educators who start podcasts because your impact is, I mean, it's endless. So I love that we're kind of ending on, on the topic of impact because we started that way as well. I'm so full circle here. It's great. Yes, full <laughs> circle. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You are amazing. Your podcast is amazing. And I will be sure to link your podcast, your website, your socials, everything so that my listeners can check you out. Fantastic. Thank you, Sarah. This was so much fun. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links and resources that were mentioned. 
If you have questions, takeaways, or just want to say hi, send me a message over on Instagram at podcasting for educators. Bye for now.